Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22-year-old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I go to school full-time at Concordia University studying communication studies. I also do YouTube, Instagram, this podcast. I have two businesses on the side and I also do some freelance video editing and podcast editing. This podcast, like it's called Behind the Girl Boss, I like to talk to individuals who are thriving, whether it be in business, in social media, in editing, freelancing, anything. I love to talk to people and just kind of get to know their stories, get to know where they came from, how they got to where they are today, their goals, their dreams, everything. I just love to learn about people's journeys and how they got to where they are today. Before we kind of jump into the episode though, I do want to do my journal prompt of the week. So if you guys don't know, I am incorporating a new sequence where we do journal prompts. So this one is just going to be one that I think I'm going to write this week. So I hope that you guys want to write it too. So this journal prompt is what do you need more of in your life? So kind of just talk about either materialistic things, people, types of feelings that you need more of in your life and just express it and express why you think you need more of it and where you think you can find it. I think this one is a super interesting one to talk about and I hope you guys are excited to write about it. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. So for this podcast, it's actually going to be with Lily Sun. Lily is a recent graduate from Western University. She is currently leading the growth and e-commerce at Three Ships Beauty, which is a startup in Toronto. And they were kind enough to give us a discount code. So you can use code BTGB. 15 at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase at Three Ships Beauty. I'll repeat it again, BTGB15 for 15% off your entire purchase. I think that's a steal. I think that's amazing. I'm so excited to shop the store and get some new beauty products. So this episode was really, really fun. We talked all about her university experience in Ontario. We spoke about her journey with internships. We spoke about what it's like leading a growth and e-commerce at a startup. And we talked all about networking. I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this episode and I really do hope you enjoy it. And let's get into it. Hey everyone, what's up? And welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have Lily with us. So hi, Lily. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, hey everyone, I'm Lily. I'm 22 years old. I'm currently the growth and e-com lead at a skincare company called Three Ships Beauty. Um, This is actually my second time talking on a podcast, so I hope I ramble a little bit less this time and I speak a little bit better. (laughs) Um, So before we jump into the questions, I always like to do a little hot seat segment on my podcast to kind of like break the ice and just get into things. Mm -hmm. So you can answer whatever comes to your mind first. The first one is, where's your dream vacation? Ooh, I haven't traveled in such a long time. I honestly would be down to go anywhere. But I think my dream vacation right now would be Australia. I think think it's summer for them when it's winter for us. So I'd love to go hang by the beach and just relax with warm weather right now. You saying Australia, I saw this TikTok like a day or two ago of this like kangaroo trying to break into someone's house in Australia. In Australia? No way. <laughs> yeah. So, and it scarred me. But like I've always wanted to visit, but like that kangaroo was so tall and like it came like crushing into their windows. Very scary. That is so crazy. Okay. I've never seen that, but I'll let you know if I ever go to Australia if that <laughs> happens or not. Thanks. Um, the next one is, what is a TV show you can watch over and over and never get tired of? For me, definitely Gossip Girl or 
modern family. I think depending on like what mood you're in, if Mm -hmm. I'm, if it's more nighttime, I like to watch Gossip Girl. If it's more daytime, I watch Modern Family. I actually just finished Gossip Girl like two weeks ago for the first time. For the first time? Yeah. Were you surprised by the ending? Yes. Like I, like I remember (laughs) when I first started it, I was like, this person is going to be Gossip Girl. And then I totally forgot. And then it ended up being them. And I was like, wow, I'm so smart. If you watch it for the second time, like if you start over from season one, mm-hmm. it's so obvious, like why yeah. it's that person. Like you see it, you're like, it's so obvious. It could only be this person. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one is what is one skill you wish you had? One skill would, I think, be photography. Um, in my job now, I actually work with a lot of creative agencies and creative freelancers who do a lot of product photography um, and just seeing their photos it looks so awesome. And I think it'd be cool to be able to take my own pictures like that. Yeah, for sure. Photography is like such a cool thing because you can do so many things with it. Like there's like portrait photography, product photography, Mm -hmm. like there's so many different types of photography. Yeah. I'm asking for a camera for Christmas this year. So hopefully I get started. Yes. That's so exciting. Um, so basically I split up the podcast into sections. So we're going to start off with your school background, um, your work right now, networking, and then a little bit of like random questions. So where did you go to school and what was your major? I went to Western University in Ontario and I majored in business. So at Western, the way it works is you do your first two years of undergrad kind of in any program you want. And then starting third and fourth year, you are part of a program called the Ivy Business School. And it's you know, completely focused on business. So marketing, finance, accounting, pretty much all of that. So like what interested you in this like specific major? I think, um, so in high school, I did this program called DECA. I don't know if you've heard about it before. No, I haven't. It's like a competition where you get put in these different categories and you have to like read a case and present to a judge and it's very much like on the spot thinking you have like 10 minutes to prepare before you have to go give a presentation and I remember not trying that hard but doing really well at it and I realized like shoot like I'm really bad at written assignments where I have to write essays and kind of put in hours of work beforehand but for these presentations where I only have 10 minutes to make something up and talk to someone on the spot is what I'm really good at and I realize now, like in business, a lot of these things, you you make up a couple minutes before you go talk about it. Yeah. Um, and so after I realized that was my skill, I was like, okay, well, I can't be a doctor because you cannot make something up 10 minutes before you go yeah. inside. Probably can't be an engineer. You probably can't do anything in science. So I was like, I should just focus on business. So that's kind of why I went into that as my major. That's so cool. So when you were in school, did you do like any internships or anything like that? Because like, I know there's some people that are like, you have to do internships. And then there's some people that are mm-hmm. like, you don't have to. So like, what's your take on that? So I did an internship every year in university. So I did one after first year, okay. one after second year, and one after third year. And for me, I loved doing internships. Internships. If I could, I would do internships for the rest of my life because there's no commitment. You know, you do it for four months and then you just get to leave. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like your full time job, there's no end date. You're kind of yeah. trapped in this forever. And if you realize you don't like it, then, well, that's too bad because you have bills to pay, you have rent to pay, you can't exactly. really quit your job. 
But for internships, it's only four months and you get to try so many different things. So for my internships, my first one was at a really early stage tech startup, about 15 to 20 employees. And then my second one was a more established startup that had a lot of funding already, around 150 to 200 employees. And then my third internship was at a consulting firm, which is obviously like hundreds, thousands of employees. Mm -hmm. And because every single one was so different, I really got to try a little bit of each for only, you know, a couple months. And then I could decide if it was something I wanted to do full-time or not. And it really helped me kind of like make a decision for when school ended. So I think I would recommend people do internships and try to do them in like different industries or different companies. um, So you can see what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree on that. I've never done an internship yet, but I'm currently looking for like my first one. So it's a process. But I feel like you do a lot of um, different side hustles. Like you have so Mm -hmm. many different things that you do, whether it's like content creation or running a business or something else. And that's kind of the same thing because you get to test out like which one you like. And then if you realize, oh crap, like I don't like content creation, I'd rather start Mm -hmm. my own business. I think that helps too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I felt like there's some things that I found out through doing my own things that I completely hate doing Mm -hmm. um so yeah it makes sense I never thought of it in that way though yeah it's like your own internship like you just work for yourself yeah (laughs) um so how would you explain a typical university lifestyle in Ontario oh I mean I don't know if most of your listeners are in Canada or the states but honestly it's pretty (laughs) boring and mild compared to I I think uh, universities in the U.S. Um, I think each school, you must know, like has their own stereotype. Mm -hmm. Like the University of Toronto is like a grind, like all you do is study. And then like McMaster is where everyone like who wants to be a future doctor goes to. Mm -hmm. And then Western's like the party school, like everyone parties all the time. Um, So I went to Western and I think our school culture was very much like work hard, play hard. Um, especially, you know, part of that business program that I was talking about. I remember Mm -hmm. for a couple weeks straight, we would go out every Thursday, you know, to the bars until two or 3 AM and then all show up for class at seven 30 the next morning. And you like sit, sit in your classroom. Everyone's hungover. The prof knows you're hungover. Like you're kind of all suffering together. Mm -hmm. So it was very much work hard, play hard. And I really like that. You know, my like Concordia, like where I go right now is like kind of the same, but I mean, yeah, like it's like a party school, but I only really Mm -hmm. went in person for like a year and a half, two years. And then now it's all online. So it's like, I don't know what we'd be considered anymore because no one really parties anymore, but I totally (laughs) like, I get that. Like a lot of, I didn't really go out that much just because I don't really Mm -hmm. know. I don't like partying that much yeah but yeah our school is like really focused on that versus like mcgill in montreal is more like you go to school and you work hard and like that's all you do versus concordia being like the party school yeah no i totally feel that every school has their own little thing it's there's a lot of tiktoks about it too if if you if you've seen them yes yeah (laughs) for sure um do you ever like wish you went to school outside of ontario like in the states or like another province or anything yeah i would have loved to gone to to university in the u.s um i think it's just a lot bigger and you meet more people and it seems to be more fun i think one thing that i've really wanted to do so i'm i'm really into ncaa sports so it's like collegiate sports 
Florida in the U.S. And like every time one of the big schools like Stanford or Boston has a sports game, like everybody comes in their mm-hmm. store gear and like their colors. And it's not really the same for Ontario universities. Like no, it's not really that big in terms of like sports games and things same. like that. So I really wish I went to school in the U.S. to be a part of that culture. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And it's a lot, it's what made me want to get an MBA. I was like, oh, this is my chance to get a business, master's in business and like go to school in the U.S. But yeah. I'm still TBD on that. <laughs> no, I understand. So how would you um, describe your post, post-school post like job hunt? Because I know a lot of people either say it's a really hard thing or some people get a job right out of university. So how was your job hunt process? I think my my job hunt process after school wasn't as bad because I already had something lined up. Okay. But I would say my job hunt like for my internships during school was honestly so intense and hectic and sometimes traumatizing when I just think about how much work it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in second or third year, I was working on my laptop and I had this folder called resume or like job hunting. And there was seriously like 65 different resumes in there. And it would, it would be like Lily Sun resume, this company, Lily Sun resume, this company. And like for all the different places I applied to, and I just, it felt so good to delete all of that afterwards. But I can imagine in that, in that process, it's so tiring and especially when you're in school and no one gets back to you and you're putting in all this work it feels really sucky to be going through this but I think everyone kind of has to go through that grind and it's made me realize it's not about the quantity of you know applications you send out all of the jobs I ended up getting wasn't even through one of those resumes. It was through talking to somebody or asking someone for help or asking someone for an introduction. So I'd say the job hunt is really stressful, but if you put in the work early on, um, you stress a little bit less, you know, near graduation. But if you take it more chill the first two years, I would say you probably are a little more stressed when it comes to graduation because you're still finding a job. Yeah, for sure. I understand that. So you currently work at Three Ships Beauty, a startup in Toronto. Do you want to talk a little bit about what Three Ships is and what your role there is? Of course. So Three Ships is a skincare company. We are 100% natural, cruelty-free, vegan, and all of our products are forever under $40 USD. So nothing will ever be more expensive than that. Um, But it's interesting because now I feel like if you're a skincare company or any company and you're not cruelty-free, it's like, that's unacceptable. So I think saying that you're cruelty-free isn't even like a perk anymore. It's just a standard. But what I really like about Three Ships is our mission is to be the most transparent skincare brand that ever exists. Um, We share a lot of things that other companies don't. We share a lot about our team dynamics, our personal lives. We share the process of us working on future product launches, what's going into them, how we're testing them. And I think that's really important for a company in any any industry to do that. Um, So my role there is I lead up our growth in e-commerce. So for us, we have some really cool retail partners coming up next year. We're going to be launching in Target in the U.S., Whole Foods, we're in Indigo, um, and a couple more that I can't, yeah, I can't mention right now. Yeah. (laughs) But we also have like lots of customers who just buy directly either through Instagram or on our website. And so my job is really focusing on those customers um, and making their experience better when they're buying from us. Awesome. So um, 
a question that I have is basically, were you working from an office or was it work from home all the time or what was like that dynamic? So our team only has four people right now. Um, okay. And we used to be working out of a co-working space. So there's a co-working space in Toronto. I believe it's called Make Lemonade and it's really cool. Okay. It's it's female only and a lot of female entrepreneurs work in that space. It's like really nicely decorated, furnished. Um, so mm-hmm. that's where we were working out of pre-COVID. But now obviously we just, we work at home and we work on Zoom. Yeah, no, I mean, that's like the reality for a lot of people now. And it's, um, but it's like cool because this kind of shows everyone that like, there are some jobs that you can work from home or like work from anywhere in the world, which is like something I want to do. I want to be able to work from like either in Montreal or like go to New York and work from there. or Like, you know what I mean? Totally. I think even for this holiday season, one of our co-founders, she's from Vancouver. So she's flying back a bit early and she's just going to work from Vancouver. It's like why you don't have to stay in Toronto for us to work. Yeah. You can go home. Um, you can go wherever you want. As long as you have Wi-Fi, you pretty much can work anywhere. I love that. How would you describe a typical day working in leading growth in an e-commerce? Um, so like, what do you do? What does that mean? So a typical day in my life, um, and I love these videos on YouTube. I love watching like mm-hmm. day in my life vlogs. I typically start work around 10 a.m. And then between 10 and 12, I do a lot of miscellaneous tasks, either answering emails in my inbox or talking to different agencies and kind of wrapping up loose ends from the day before. And then most of my afternoon, honestly, is spent in meetings. So we have a lot of different people that we work with. I mentioned we work with creative agencies as well as like just internal team meetings. So usually yeah. From 12 to four or five, it's really meeting heavy. So it's hard to get things done. And then I take a break, either stay, well, nowadays I stay home, but if I could, I would see my friends for dinner between 6 to 8 p.m. And then usually from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. is where I do most of my big project planning and a lot of independent work because I mean, it's like nighttime, nobody talks to you. I can work on my laptop, I can plan a launch, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then I'll wrap up around 11 or 12 and go to bed. So that's what my day looks like. Wow. And would you say like every single day, like you do the same things and same routine or like, does it change some days? It definitely changes every day. I think what I just described is my most stable day of like nothing (laughs) comes up, but everything comes up. And I mean, now like we're recording this podcast at 1230 PM in the afternoon. (laughs) So things like this come up all the time and everyone's super Mm -hmm. flexible. So I personally like that every day is different. I don't think I'd enjoy working in a place where every day is the same. Oh, same. Me too. Like, yeah. I feel like I get like, like I like to have a routine, but like sometimes I like for it to be different at the same time. Like, I feel like it's good to have a routine and something you follow. But if you do that every single day, the exact same thing, I feel like I just feel like a robot or something. Yeah. And for me, like my job description touches so many different like elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, some days I do work that's very marketing focused. So working with our email marketing agency, um, we have a pro- we have something coming uh, next year that we're gathering photography for. So I would spend mm-hmm. a day doing that. It's very marketing and creative, which I love. And then other days would be more like looking at our analytics, looking at our dashboards. What are our customers doing? You know, is there an increase, decrease? Are they shopping for certain things? And those days are more numbers heavy, which I don't mind doing that, you know, once in a while. Mm -hmm. And then other days would be more tech 
focused. So things on our website, um, working with developers. So it's really different even every day, like what task I'm doing. And so that really helps me to kind of like stay motivated to work every day. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. So you decided to follow your passions of entrepreneurship and brand building by joining this company. Um, How has that turned out for you? And do you think you're progressing in your journey of entrepreneurship? Yeah. um, To be honest, all throughout university, I've never thought of entrepreneurship as like a career Mm -hmm. option. For me, it was either tech. So working at a big tech company, either as a product manager or something like that, or it was management consulting and kind of taking that route. And so this whole time it was like, okay, either A or B, A or B. And then this third option kind of came up out of nowhere. And at first, I really thought it was like a joke. I was like, oh, ha ha, like I'm going to join a startup. Like, no way. Like, why would I ever do that? Yeah. Um, and people around me kind of like were saying, wait, like, why is this funny? Like, this is a real opportunity you should consider. And that's when I started thinking about, okay, what does this opportunity bring to me? What can I, like, what kind of value can I add? What skills can I bring? And slowly over the course of I think one or two months, it just started to make a lot of sense for me in terms of like what my personality is like and what I like doing. This third option of joining a startup really early stage and following this entrepreneurship path, you know, made a lot more sense to me. And even like when I decided to join, I couldn't really see what the next few years would look like. Yeah. But now that I've kind of done this for a couple months now, it's like, I can't even imagine not doing this. I think is like what I think of. And ultimately my goal or my dream is to start my own company and build something for myself. Mm -hmm. And so it totally makes sense that I'm building these skills now. And then in the future, I can, I feel more confident, you know, doing my own thing. You know, going off with what you said, like, I feel like we, when we grow up, like we just learn about like the traditional jobs and like the traditional routes that you can take or routes. I don't know how to say that word, but mm-hmm. um, like when I was like 15 in high school, I never thought that like social media could be like a potential like job. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that like running someone's Instagram account was going to be like a job. Like, and now like learning that like I can do that and I can make money and I can like be financially stable by doing that. It's just like so crazy. Cause like my parents never really like knew that would be a job either. They never like told me about it. And my grandparents, like when you would, t- when I would tell them, like, I'm working in social media, they're like, you're what? Like, what, what is are you that? Doing? What is that? <laughs> yeah. So like, it's just like so cool to see like how everything's evolved and like the jobs that like I would dream about when I was like younger and be like, I wish this was a job is like actually a job. No, I a hundred percent agree. And I feel like there's, and you can tell me if you've experienced this, but I feel like mm-hmm. there's a stigma where if you tell someone that your job is social media, they think it's like a joke or they think like mm-hmm. you're just fooling around. And, you know, now that I work in this industry of e-commerce and direct to consumer and, you know, a company like Blossier started out on social media and now it's like yeah. a multi-billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. And it actually takes someone who's really smart to run a social media account. It's not just about yeah. pretty pictures. It's like, you need to know what the customer is thinking about. You need to know what posting this image is going to make them do. Like, are they going to mm-hmm. purchase your product? Is this going to, you know, trigger something in their mind that's going to make them remember you or want to follow you? And it's really hard. Like, to be honest, yeah. I think it's almost a little bit easier trying to study to be a doctor or engineer because the facts are right in front of you. There's textbooks, yeah. there's 
classes, there's schools, like everyone teaches you what to do. There's only one right answer. I mean, in social media, there's like, there's no, like nobody knows what the right answer is. So it's really funny to me when people um, think it's like, oh, haha, like you work in social media. And I'm like, okay, it's actually really hard. So talk to me when you've tried this. Yeah. And especially like there's a lot of like influencers um, that make money just from Instagram and people like think of it as like oh like they literally just took a picture and they posted and they made money but like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes in social media that people like don't realize or don't know so they like think it's an easy job but it's actually like really hard it's just yeah it's a difficult job and I wish like people would realize that more because when I tell people like oh I want to work in social media or like I'm doing a community communications degree to like work in like these fields people are like yeah but is that going to be sustainable like is there even jobs in that and there's like so many jobs in that especially now there's so many jobs. Even at Three Ships, we are like looking to hire either a social media strategist or a designer sometime in the mm-hmm. future. And we have such high expectations for this person who's going to come in and yeah. run our social media account or be our graphic designer. And we don't just settle for you know mediocre people. We look for really highly sharp, talented, intelligent people. So yeah. um, I think this is changing a lot. And people are going to start realizing it um, sooner than mm-hmm. later. For sure. A hundred percent. So reading your little biography prior to this interview, I loved reading about your success with how you got your first three jobs. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, okay. I'll share the story about how I got my first internship, which is always like the funniest story that I love to tell people. So back in first year, I was a barista at Starbucks, just the one on campus. Honestly, I feel like having a part-time job in university is pretty common. So I worked Mm -hmm. at Starbucks and I worked at the one in the business, you know, building. So everyone who studies business comes to this Starbucks. And I remember it was around 5 or 6 p.m. one night and we were just about to close. And someone came and was like, hey, can I still order? And I was like, of course. I made his coffee. And I remember looking at his name tag on his like suit and it said recruiter. And the gears just started turning in my head. I was like, interesting. Like this guy's a recruiter. He must be hiring someone for a job or interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Like, let me ask about him. And I was like, Hey, like, um, like what company are you from? And he was like, I'm, you know, the CEO of a Toronto tech startup. We're looking for students to hire. And I don't know if it was because in first year, I was honestly super ballsy or just super naive. Mm-hmm. Immediately. I was like, can I apply for your job? Like I, you know, <laughs> I'm only in first year, but I'm looking for an internship. I'm, I live in Toronto. I'd love to work for you. Mm-hmm. You seem like a really great person to work for. And I think he was pretty, like, I don't think he ever expected the person to be making his coffee to kind of yeah. ask him about his job, but he was super nice. He's like, sure. Like, why don't you shoot me an email? We'll kind of talk and figure it out. So I emailed him and that's, kind of how I landed the job. And it's super weird because I don't even think he looked at my resume in this entire process. We've only just like been talking via email and we had a couple of coffee chats for him to, I guess, interview me, but it was more like just getting Mm -hmm. to know what I could do and what skills I had. And so that's how I landed my first internship. And that was the early stage startup I was talking about where it was around 15 Mm -hmm. to 20 people. And now it's called Drop. And now Drop is, I think, 65 people. They've closed almost $100 million in fundraising. Wow. And they're one of the you know coolest tech startups that are in Toronto. So I feel really fortunate to have gotten that opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, my advice isn't for everyone to get a job as a barista at Starbucks mm-hmm. for this kind of opportunity. But I think sometimes like you just got to look for 
things in places that isn't really obvious. Like obviously going to a networking event or submitting a job application is very standard for finding a job, but there are tons of different places you can look for. And sometimes you just have to ask for it, right? Like no, it's unrealistic for someone to offer you a job just by meeting you for the first time. But if you say out loud, like, hey, are you hiring? I am looking for a job and I really want to work for you. That's kind of like when the opportunity starts. A hundred percent. I totally agree with that. So I feel like even like when we have jobs, I feel like we're always just networking like all the time. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you go about networking? Do like you use like LinkedIn? Because I know a lot of people are on that. Um, Pre-COVID, did you go to networking events? Because you kind of spoke about networking events before. Like, what did you do to network and what do you do now to network still? Yeah, so- networking events I feel like your school typically organizes them I like mm-hmm. if you have that at Concordia like we have that at Western so you'll, you'll have like the, the teachers the professors kind of organize those networking sessions yeah. uh, I did go to those but I personally found them super unhelpful because there's like 150 students for three company reps <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just so uncomfortable to talk to people and it's like how do I ask a question I'm like how do I say this thing? So I personally did not really like those networking events. I mostly relied on LinkedIn and my personal network. Mm -hmm. So I would go on LinkedIn and kind of find people that I had mutual connections with that had experiences in industries or companies that I was interested in exploring. And I would shoot them a cold note and just say, hey, like we went to the same school. I saw you work here and I really want to learn more. Do you have time for a quick coffee chat? So I did that. And to be honest, those calls, uh, like sometimes they're okay, but often like I found that I talked to them once or twice and that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. What really helped me was my first network. And you have to be really creative about this. I remember in first or second year, I told my mom who had a coworker, who had a son, who's girlfriend worked at like some marketing firm. <laughs> and so that was kind of the introduction that was made. But because this girl and I had this like weird connection of like my mom and her mom and her boyfriend, whatever it was. She was so nice. And she talked to me for, I think, 45 minutes or an hour. She followed up with me. She was like, hey, if I can't help you, I know someone else who can help you. So for me, I feel like personal networking has been really beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. So either reaching out to your parents, your family, your friends, parents, teachers, whoever you have a personal connection with, I think really helps with networking. Love that. Um, so you shared with me that you've experienced major imposter syndrome because of your age. Um, I believe you're 22, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same age. Um, so do you want to speak a little bit about this? Yeah. So I think for me, because I started my internships really young, so I had a, my first internship when I was like literally 18 years old, I've always always found myself to be the youngest person in any meeting room. Like any job mm-hmm. I was in, guaranteed I was the youngest person. I mean, there's a couple different things. I think one, it's really hard to speak up if you have an idea or a question because you're always just like, is this question a waste of time? Like, I don't want to ask this question if it's a waste of time. So that's one thought that has always been in my mind. But something else that um, I'm facing now is, you know, even though I'm the youngest person, you know, in this meeting room or in this conversation, I'm actually the one that has to like give directions. And I'm the one managing somebody else who's eight to 10 years older than me. So it's like on top of not wanting to speak up already, now I have to talk and like say, hey, like, I think you could have done this better. Or hey, like I disagree with your idea. I think this is, you know, a better idea. And that is so hard to say 
it's hard to say in general, but when you're saying it to someone yeah. older than you, I don't know, maybe it's just me or maybe it's the Asian culture of like respecting your elders or mm-hmm. I'm not really maybe. sure what it is, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm being so disrespectful if I say I don't agree with this. So that's something that I'm honestly trying to improve right now. And I've told my mentors and I've told, you know, my bosses about this and all of them are like, no, like nobody thinks that you're young and nobody thinks that you're inexperienced. You have to like, honestly, fake it till you make it, put on your confidence hat and just say these things. So it's something that I'm working on, but it's honestly so hard to, to talk to people who are older than you and kind of take a leadership role in that case. No, I totally feel that. I feel like I always like, it's like good to give feedback to people, but whenever it's like something that they can work on, it's just like a scary thing to do, even though like they know that like they can get that because like you're technically like a position higher than them or something. So like they know that they can expect that from you, but it's always just like such a scary thing to do. Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think partially maybe it's like the way we were raised to always like respect your mm-hmm. elders and be polite, be respectful. Um, Maybe it's like the fact that we're women, I think, yeah. There's a lot of things subconsciously that make it hard for me to say or do certain things, but I definitely don't want that to be a reason to why I can't accomplish things. Yeah. So I'm, something that I'm working on and I mean, I hope I get better at it. No, I understand. Um you also shared with me that you're a big believer in taking care of your mental health and putting your own well-being first. Um is when you like actually see results in your life. So do you want to talk a bit about this and how it relates to your personal experiences? Totally. Um I think mental health and I think just taking care of yourself in general is so important because I think about all the things I want to achieve, right? For example, like let's say Three Shifts becomes the next drunk elephant or the next Tatcha. We're mm-hmm. in Sephora all over the world. Um, imagine like I have tons of money. I have a house. I have a great job. I have all these things. But then I imagine like, okay, what if I had all that, but I was like unhappy and like I haven't seen my friends. I've lost touch with my friends. I'm not talking to my family. I'm not taking care of my body or exercising or sleeping. It's like, do I want that life? And when I think about that, I'm like, no, I honestly would rather be happy and in touch with my friends and have a good relationship with my family and not be that successful in other elements because I just wouldn't be able to enjoy money and success if I wasn't happy with myself and the people around me. So I think taking care of yourself is the first thing you need to do and Mm -hmm. should always be the number one priority and everything else kind of falls under that or falls after that. So once you're able to take care of yourself and get yourself in a really good place, I feel like doing other things honestly is easier. Like for yeah. me, when I started getting when I started getting eight hours of sleep, I was like, wow, I'm so much smarter. Like I can <laughs> work better. I'm like less, I procrastinate less, I'm more focused, I'm having good ideas. And all it took was eight hours of sleep. So I think so often it's easy to be like, oh, I'll just work another hour, I'll just work a little bit later, I'll mm-hmm. just keep doing this. But You'll find that honestly, when you take some time to yourself and you relax, you do a lot better in other things too. hundred percent. I agree with that. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay up late and like wake up early to do this. And like, when I try to do that, it never works out. And like the quality of work that I do when I have like four hours of sleep versus eight hours of sleep is 
like drastic. Totally. And I also think that oftentimes in our childhood, you know, we're rewarded for putting in the work, you know, like when you see someone study for 10 hours, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Or if you see someone like grind out a project and pull an all nighter, you're like, oh my gosh, like so incredible. And then you see someone who kind of does an assignment in one or two hours and you think like, you must have rushed that assignment or like you didn't put in that much work, which I think is so ridiculous because all that really matters is what you get on your assignment at the end. Like exactly. if, if you got an 80 and I got a 90 and I did it in 30 minutes and you did, you took eight hours to do it, like who is really mm-hmm. winning here? Because I don't think exactly. you're winning in that situation. <laughs> so I'm very results driven. Um, as long as the output is good and as long as my work is good, doesn't really matter to me if I'm taking time off or putting myself first. Love that. Um, so the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions mm-hmm. and I picked my favorite ones. So the first one is how do you how do you get a small business off the ground and to grow its online presence? Yeah, that's a really good question because I feel like ever since quarantine happened, tons of people are starting their own business and starting their own side mm-hmm. hustles, which I think is awesome. I think there's probably, in my opinion, three main things to do. I think one, you have to invest in branding. So that is so important, whether it's the aesthetics, the design, the visuals, the way you talk, the way you speak, you really have to invest and build a brand that can stand by itself, that people Mm -hmm. know and people love. You have to build consistency and make sure that people recognize your brand no matter what it is. And a lot of this comes with having like one solid mission that you're driving. So for us, for Three Ships, it's building transparent skincare. Like that is the mission and that Mm -hmm. is our brand and everything else kind of like goes around that. So I think that's tip number one. I think number two, especially with growing its online presence, you have to make it really fun and enjoyable for people to talk about you. So I think you see that a lot in like PR packages. Like nowadays brands send these crazy PR packages to influencers with such random things like mini fridge or, or drinks or like this like Mm -hmm. home decor thing. And it's completely unrelated to their company, but they, they send those packages because influencers want to talk about them. They want to show it on camera because it looks good. So I think for small businesses, obviously this looks a little bit different, but you need to find ways of making people want to talk about you. They want to share it on their Instagram. They want to leave a review. They want to tell their friends. So figure out what that is for your company and really execute on that. And then I think the last piece is, is either you have to really follow trends or you create your own trends. So I think if you're a small company, it's probably the first one. You have to stay on top of current trends. I remember mm-hmm. when TikTok was blowing up in March, all the yes. brands who got on TikTok in March have done so well. And there are other brands who are like, TikTok is a fad. I'm not going to put my brand yeah. on TikTok. Well, like now you're probably losing tons of money in sales. So mm-hmm. you really have to stay on top of the trends and you need to know what's trending at this moment. And you know, do that right now. But if you're a bigger company, I definitely think it's worth creating trends and like really creating things that you are the pioneer in doing. Um, But I think that obviously you have to have money, time, (laughs) resources to do that. So for small companies, I would just say like stay really active on current trends and don't be afraid to follow trends. Awesome. And the last question is, what would you say are the major benefits of working at a startup over corporate? I think major benefits 
of, you know, there's so many, obviously the, the, the given ones are flexible, you know, work-life balance. Um, you really get to know the people well, your coworkers are like your family. But I think the most, most important thing to me is like feeling like you did stuff that matters and feeling like you accomplished something and the things you do have meaning. Um, and so I think about my internship in, at a management consulting firm and I think about all the work that I did and I did a lot of work. I was working, mm-hmm. you know, crazy hours every day. And I'm like, where did that work go? Like, yeah, what happened? What happened to the slides that I made? What happened to the model that I made? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, did the client use them? Did the client put them away? Did someone throw it in the garbage? I have no idea what happened to them. And that was four months of my life that I spent doing yeah. this thing that honestly, I have no idea what outcome it drove. And working at a startup um, and growing your own brand and your own business, I see the work that I put in immediately turn into results. Like every day I read reviews from customers who have used our products that have said, you know, our skincare products have changed their skin. It has made them more confident to go outside and not wear makeup. Or I can see the number of sales we get on Shopify every day. And I know you have your own store too. So it's like, yeah. when you see things like that, it's like, okay, the hours that I'm putting in designing and planning this campaign actually has purpose. Mm-hmm. And we are, you know, seeing results. And I think when you see that, you're like, okay, I want to put in more work because I want to build something yeah. even better. So I think that's honestly the biggest difference. And you only really get to do that if you're at a small company or you're running your own business. If you're at a firm, not even in consulting, like in any other industry, it's it's really like, does my work have meaning and am I, am I motivated by it every day? So for me, that's really important. And that's why I think everyone should at least experience startup um, at some point in their life. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for you today. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. It was really fun. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem. Um, before you go, do you want to shout out your socials and three ships socials and everything so people can know where to find you? Totally. So for three ships, um, definitely check out our Instagram. It's at three ships beauty. Like I mentioned, social media is so important. We're still working on our feed aesthetic, but we're getting there. <laughs> um, and so definitely take a look and let us know what your thoughts are. You can also visit our website at threeshipsbeauty.com. And it's really cool. You can also follow us on Twitter at shop3ships. I actually manage the Twitter account. So if you want to see me tweet fun stuff about skincare, definitely check us out there. And then in terms of my own socials, if you want to connect either via you know networking or you want advice on jobs or internships, definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Lily Sun. I typically always respond to connections and I love meeting new people that way. But if you want more of like real me, definitely follow my Instagram. It's at lsunxo. I'm still working on having a better handle because (laughs) that has been my handle since like grade 10 and it's it's not it right now. But (laughs) if you have any new ideas, I know it's at Elsa Nights Over right now, but let me know if you have any new ideas. Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. No problem. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really do hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you got to learn a little bit more about Lily and what she does and her journey. If you want to follow her, don't forget to follow her on her socials and also follow Three Ships Beauty. I will leave everything in the show notes below. I'm very thankful that she came on the podcast. I learned so much from her and I'm excited to dive into my own 
internship experiences because she really motivated me to do so. So like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you want to follow me, please also don't be shy. You can follow me either at Behind the Girl Boss or at It's Amanda Wan on Instagram. Or you can follow my YouTube channel, It's Amanda Wan. And you can follow me on TikTok, I guess. It's Amanda Wan. I'm not going to say that my TikToks are the best because they clearly are not. But it would be fun to, to kind of grow a little fam there. So thank you guys so much again for listening to this episode. And I guess this is it. I will hear you next time. Bye.